The late night anger management class has begun. This is Fortridge. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates, AM platforms, the mightier 1090, Sirius XM, Channel 204. We're breaking it down in the late night hours, and we're getting you ready for the National Football League divisional round playoffs. Steve Merrill steps up and in. Wager talk in the house. Tony Finn, Sports Memo, Rich Hammond, The Athletic, Triple Threat uh, this evening. NBA basketball uh, tonight as uh, the NBA carries on despite... Um, all of the uh, the turmoil and the rosters, uh, the roster situations that they've got uh, in this league. The Cleveland Cavaliers, damn, damn. <laughs> when the Cavs were down by three, I wanted to jump in on the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Dallas Mavericks fun game uh, tonight, 112-109. Oklahoma City gets it done over the Chicago Bulls, 127-105. The Los Angeles Lakers are up 84-80. Uh, on the Pelicans, and we consider taking the Pelicans, but we had a pretty good night uh, tonight to the tune of like 7-3, uh, and three, and then with an in-game loss, 7-4, and four, but we'll take a 7-4 and four on football eve right now. But I am kicking myself for leaving the Los Angeles Clippers uh, on the table. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson evidently, uh, it seems like this dude is not going to be a, uh, a Houston Texan. A lot of other football news to get to. The Atlanta Falcons hire a coach. Of course, Urban Meyer uh, is in the National Football League right now. The New York Jets uh, get a new uh, head coach. And uh, DeAndre uh, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, was set free um, by the Houston Texans. Uh, the question is, now will Deshaun Watson uh, be set free? And it doesn't seem like he wants to be part of uh, any sort of any sort of rebuild, rebuild uh, at that. Um, so uh, Watson, uh, Watson's been tweeting, and, um, and he's on Instagram. It's all kinds of stuff. We'll get you the exact uh, quotes uh, here of Deshaun's words. I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be available uh, this year and this offseason in the National Football League, like a lot. There's a lot of quarterback decisions to make across the board, and Deshaun Watson's going to be the most attractive one uh, out there at that. I mean, you're going to have the Matt Staffords, maybe a Sam Darnold, etc. But, you know, Deshaun Watson can actually change a franchise. Or, or you know, can he? Let's see. Let's give the kid a chance. Steve Merrill, he's no kid. Steve Merrill hops up and in. The Freak Show has begun. Bring it. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the source of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Lombrensi. The Pets, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bus, and everybody else in between. Everybody throwing it down on Sirius XM, Channel 204. 
Um, so we've broken down these football games quite extensively uh, throughout the week. And, you know, we try to give you as many stats, trends, different perspectives, angles as we possibly can. And we're going to do it once again here this evening. But as kickoff approaches, really the reality is, uh, guys, all the talk about the weather, all the talk about the matchups, all the talk about this and that, and this guy sucks, and this guy's great, and this team's not going to be able to stop that team. These games come down to simple, it's very, very simple, simple matchups on the football field. And who's going to step up? Who's going to have a great day? Who's going to have a bad day? Because even though it's a playoff game, Right? Like players have off days at times, and sometimes players stepped up. So, like, point being, if Aaron Donald just collapses the pocket all day uh, tomorrow, we can throw out like that Jared Goff doesn't play in cold weather. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's just so many angles. People talking about Lamar Jackson, and he hasn't played in snow before, and the weather in Buffalo. All right? The, the game's not going to be decided by the weather. The Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens aren't six year old kids playing a soccer game. Okay? This isn't rec soccer, Little League uh, recreational soccer. This is professional sports. They're grown men, and the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens have a bunch of nut jobs on their team that are badasses that will not be scared because it's raining and it's 33 degrees. Let's bring in Steve Merrill uh, right now. Crunches numbers for a living, so he doesn't like what I'm talking about. Throw out all the numbers, Merrill. Steve Merrill. What's up, Steve? <laughs> How you doing, Gabe? Good stuff, Steve. Good stuff. Uh, excited uh, for, for the playoffs. But as I stated, we break down all these numbers. You know, we can we can break down the angles. We can try to put ourselves in the best position to succeed. But ultimately, it's the players that decide this. I think people forget that. Uh, you know, as handicappers pat themselves on the back um, about good picks and bad picks, it comes down to the players making plays and who can make the most plays in these football games. All the angles, all the weather... All the other stuff is just good stuff to get us through the week, Steve. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you talk about a guy who can play well all season, have an MVP season, and then have one bad game, and your season's over. And that was exactly one year ago in the divisional round. Lamar Jackson, you know, you referenced earlier, um, yep. was just terrible against the Titans last year. He cost the Ravens that game. You know, in Tennessee went in and got the big upset. Um, Jackson played well last week in that revenge game against Tennessee. We'll see if he can do it against Buffalo. Um, you know, the weather does look like it's going to be dicey at some of these games, but I don't think it's going to really affect any of these games. Uh, Buffalo, I guess, Gabe would be the one we're keeping the closest eye on, but it looks like, you know, the snow's not going to be a factor. What I'm worried about a little bit in Buffalo is the wind, and there's just no way to predict that, you know, the night before, you know, so we're going to have to see what's happening on the actual game itself. But that total has dropped from 50 down to 49 in the last day or so, and I think that's probably because of the concern. Yeah, but it doesn't mean because there's concern that it's correct right it does that's like perception and that's that's narrative because you know so what is there some chart out there is there some magic chart that somebody has is it a ralph michaels spreadsheet and i love ralph so i'm not saying this against him but is there in a spreadsheet that well you know if the total is 51 and it's 12 mile an hour winds but the winds are supposed to be 16 miles an hour then we make it 49 <laughs> you know what i'm saying like at what point does it just sort of people overanalyzing it, right? Because I, you know, and Steve, we saw, dude, we saw it last week, the exact same thing. All I heard last week was about how Phillip Rivers can't play in cold weather. And, and the total came down. We talked about it. I swear to God, you and I, let's hit, let's, you know, let's go back in time and hit the tape. 
and we talked about, well, you know, the total's coming down because you know, it could be windy and people are expecting it to be cold in Buffalo. The game didn't get to 51 points because of, of, um, of, of wind or lack of wind. You know what I mean? The weather wasn't a factor, Steve. I really just think, I just think we overanalyze this stuff way too much. Yeah, I mean, look, you know my feeling on weather. I've said this for years, you and I talking about it. I think weather is vastly overrated. And in fact, the only two things I worry about are fog, which happens like once a decade. You know, I've been doing this 25 years. I can count on one hand (laughs) how many games have been affected by fog. You know, so we can kind of throw that one out the window. That ain't happening this week. But the, the other one, though, Gabe, is wind. Wind is legit because wind can really yes. affect the kicking and the passing game, and that can really hinder scoring. Now, I don't know if there's going to be enough wind, but they are calling for 15 to 25-mile-per-hour wind Saturday night and some gusts. So that's very unpredictable. We'd have to see what happens. But that could be a factor. But I'll say right now, snow and rain, you haven't heard me say that I'm worried about the snow or the rain because if anything, yeah, yeah. slippery, wet conditions help scoring because the receivers and the running backs know which way they're cutting ahead of time. The defenders don't. So – I've always thought rain and snow also, you know, unless it's a blizzard, once again, in a blizzard is wind, and that's almost like fog as well because you can't see. And that doesn't normally happen. And they have so many footballs. They keep them dry. They keep them clean. They, they clear the field. Uh, snow isn't much of a factor, but rain is the most overrated factor in all of sports betting. You'll see the total drop at a, a point or two because of rain, and if anything, I think it's higher scoring sometimes because of wet conditions. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. I referenced this game. We're going back a ways, but we're, it was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But I met with Jackie Sherrill, was still the coach at Mississippi State. Um, but I remember it was like the Shreveport Bowl, or it was one of the Bulls type of bowl games. And it was Mississippi State and I think it was Texas A&M. Texas A&M, Mississippi State. It's a pretty good game, but same thing. It was like really snowing, Steve. Like for real, snow, snow. And both teams had never played in snow before. Like, it was one of those, like, they were asking the kids on the field, they'd never seen snow before. Like, it was one of those never in their lives. Well, Steve, I think the final score, bro, was like 66 to 63 or something. (laughs) You know what what it was exactly, bro? Guys were sliding around everywhere. And, like, some dudes were, hey, like, you you complete the ball, the guy would just run run away from everyone. You, You mentioned the fog game. The thing is with fog, too, and I'm sure you remember, Steve, like the most specific fog game ever really was that Bears-Eagles game in the playoffs. Remember right. with Buddy, exactly. Buddy, Buddy Ryan and Mike Dick. Buddy, Buddy Ryan, Bear, yeah. Yeah, Bears and Eagles. And, dude, it, it was crazy, guys. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Like, as a viewer, you couldn't see anything. Like, you could not, like, you couldn't see anything. And there's a great shot from Sports Illustrated where, where there's like a field goal attempt and Nobody knows. Like, everybody's just sort of standing there and waiting for the referee to tell them uh, whether it went through the upright or not. But I've heard from players, too, and there was one foggy game this year, and I think it was Tony Dungy was on the air, and he was talking about it, and Dungy was talking about how, I don't know, I think he was involved in that uh, in that fog game, in that uh, he might have been an assistant at the time. So, but anyways, he, he talked about how on TV... It looks like the players can't see, but he said the players can see in front of them, but you can't see sideline to sideline. You know what I mean? Like you right. can't look over 18 yards and tell that there's a wide receiver like standing there, but you can see everything sort of like five, 10 yards in front of you. So the quarterback can't see the guys going down the field either. So you're right. 
And who knows? Maybe we will get some crazy funk. But that's, I, you You know, you're a smart man, Steve, and I like it instead of buying into the hype and, like, overselling the weather aspect. As you stated, the best way of putting this about the wind, Saturday night, Buffalo, New York, mid-January, unpredictable, Steve. That's the best way of putting it. We really don't know. It could be fine. It could get gusty. It's unpredictable. You said it best. And here's something we didn't have over 30 years ago with that fog game is we have in-game betting available everywhere, you know? So you can wait and see what's happening. And if the wind becomes an issue, jump in on the in-game under. You know, they probably won't correct fast enough um, because there are certain situations like a huge amount of fog, like I said, it happens once in a decade and there's maybe, you know, some swirling winds, but I don't think it's going to be enough to cause a problem. But hey, look, in-game betting can always take advantage of it if it is. So we're talking about the Fog Bowl, December 31st, 1988, playoff game between the Eagles and the Bears. Uh, in the history of the National Football League, it's actually voted. Uh, it was voted number three on the NFL Top 10 weather games. Craziest weather games, third all time. <laughs> Bring it. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger! Just take it! Take the ball! That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. The Friday Night Free Show continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. We're kicking it. We're breaking it down. Countdown to kickoff uh, is on. And uh, you know what? Normal. I thought it was going to be kind of a long week uh, waiting for these uh, games. The anticipation. And, I, you know, I'm fired up for NFL playoffs, even if my team uh, isn't playing. And to be honest, look, my team has never, hasn't been playing this late <laughs> into the playoffs in uh, 25 years. So, uh, but with everything that's gone on this week, obviously it's a bit, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy real world uh, that we live in. But with the National Hockey League back, college basketball is getting cool. Uh, NBA basketball is a train wreck, but there are, advantages and disadvantages on a nightly basis the week went by pretty quickly and now it's here so it's time to break it down Steve Merrill uh with us wager talk in the house so Steve you know what I was saying earlier I do believe in data though and uh, listen I'm not like an anti um I'm not like anti-analytics I'm not anti-modern data I do read a lot of like modern thinking type of stuff but I I buy into that stuff more during the regular season Right in the long haul, these playoff games, Steve, you're a numbers guy. They're short. They're shorter samples, right? They're shorter samples. Sixty minutes, anything can happen. And yes, there's variables that one team might perform better than another team. But when you get this far into the NFL playoffs, for the most part, these teams are all evenly matched. Like people can talk about 
well, the Packers this and the Packers that. Well, let's break it down as far as the athletes that both teams have. All right? The Rams are not, like, I always talk about it from a college perspective, Steve. What's the, what's the talent like? Right? Is it blue chip? Is it five star versus two star? Is it, you know what I mean? There'll be t- talent, like, this, you know, talent gaps. There's no talent gap between the Rams and the Packers. And it's funny, and I'll throw it to you on this, Steve, because basketball, a lot of people ask me, what's wrong with the Raptors? And, and the Raptors are getting asked a lot. And I've heard coaches say this a lot, and I don't think people bring it up enough, Steve. Basketball is a pretty simple sport. You either make your shot or you don't. And quite frankly, the Raptors were shooting like 30% earlier in the year. Suddenly, they're shooting the ball bas- they're shooting the ball better, and they're playing better. It's pretty simple. Like, we get into, oh, what's wrong with Siakam, and what about this, and that, and this matchup, and the bench. And it comes down to simply, they shot the ball better, Steve. Sports are pretty simple. I think we complicate them. Yeah, and I think one time, one thing you can do with statistics that a lot of people don't look at, they just look at numbers. They look at results. You know, I look at more big picture stuff, and, you know, the question becomes, what should they be shooting? You know, if they're a god-awful shooting team, they're not going to shoot as great as a really good shooting team. But both of those types of teams are going to have good and bad nights. They're going to fluctuate. So, you know, you always revert back to the mean, you know, return to the norm, the average, what it should be. So when a team is vastly underperforming like that, there is some upside Whereas if a team is shooting lights out, you know at some point they're going to come back down to earth. And I use the same thing in baseball. You know, everybody talks about starting pitching so much and all the odds are starting. You know, the odds makers use it heavy to set the lines on baseball games. But the same guys in the lineup as you and I always talk about the offensive players. And they go through cycles hot and cold. And offensive momentum, you hear me talk about it all the time when we handicap baseball. And I think a lot of people overlook that. And like you said, in basketball, it's really about making shots and stopping shots. I will say this in the NFL tomorrow. If you can tell me the turnover margin of the four games, Gabe, I'm pretty confident I can go if at worst two and two, if not three and one or even four no against the spread, because it really will come down to turnovers as it always does. And but that also is a human element, you know, and the quarterback usually dictates that more than the other player. That's a very good point. Turnovers are a big key, which leads us into the first game. And Steve, I've made an argument and I've sort of talked myself in uh to the Rams uh, here, but between the Rams and the Packers, you would believe that the Rams, that Goff would turn the ball over uh, more uh, than Aaron Rodgers uh, would. So, you know, we t- we look at this game, Steve, and we talked about it earlier in the week, and I don't, I don't hear, I, more and more, I do, there have been people coming on our show saying they're taking the Rams plus the points as far as, you know, you know pros and, and, um, and play-by-play guys and, um, you know, whatever, writers, et cetera. But it's interesting. The public seems you know or at least the people i don't you know everyone oh the packers are going to kill them. the packers aaron Rodgers versus jared goff is a big mismatch but once again steve the point spread remains at six and a half yeah i mean and as you know seven a very key number about five percent chance that the packers win by exactly seven points so laying six and a half versus seven or vice versa getting plus seven with the rams is about a five percent better chance of pushing and not losing or winning and not pushing with the Packers. So um, it's a critical number and it is a fishy line because like you said, Gabe, it does look like the public is on the Packers. In fact, I did my wager talk uh, TV video today for the public plays for each. And what I did was I went through each of the four games. And I mentioned where the most public play is, whether it's the side or the total. And in this one, there wasn't a lot on the over under. In fact, the public was leaning over basically in all the games this week, but the one they leaned the least towards the over is actually this one. 
which is interesting because last yes. week the only game in which there was a public <laughs> lean to the under was that Ram Seahawk game, and it went over actually. So the public yes. has not wanted to play the Ram games over, which is understandable. I mean, the quarterback situation has been a mess. They're a good defensive team. Uh, but the public is on the Packers in this one. In fact, of the four sides, they probably look like the most public side this week. Yeah, I'm seeing a 59%. And it's funny, Steve, this is the one that everybody thinks that they're they're scared to play the the they're scared to play it the most to go over the number. And this is the one that'll probably skyrocket over. And I right. kid, we, we, <laughs> we kidded about it last week, guys. I said, I don't know, the Seattle game might be 9-6 or it might be 20-20 at the half. And it was like nothing happened in the first quarter. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, there's just a point, more points, more points, uh, more points. I tend to think that this game's going to get there, Steve. I think it's going to get there, but barely. You know, No, not barely. I, I think it's going to be a 26-23, 27-24 style game. I really do. I think it's going to be a close game for four quarters, uh, this matchup, Steve. Yeah, let's not forget, we're not necessarily talking about the Rams pushing it over. We got the Green Bay Packers, a team that averages 32 points a game, six and a half yards of play, almost eight yards per pass this year, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they're part point. of that equation as well. Yeah. Oh, that's just, a very just good think, point, Gabe, Steve. The total so. is 40, Gabe, the, the total yeah. is 45 and a half. Green Bay averages 32. So they only need, you yeah. need the Rams to get less than two touchdowns at that point to push it over. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, okay, so you're right. The Packers average 31.8 points per game. The Bills, 31.1. What do the Rams check in at? Uh, the Rams check in. 23 and a half. Yeah, 23.6. You're right. So 23.6. So it's interesting. That's like. The number is, and you're our numbers expert here, Steve, but the number as far as their points per game average is concerned and what the total is, that's a pretty big dichotomy right there. It is, but here's here's the big catch. It's the Rams' defense allows his 18.5 points a game. You know, So that, yeah. that's, the, that's the matchup for this one. It's the Rams' D versus the Packers' O. Those are the two best units on the so field. So that puts them in the middle. Um, and that's yeah. going to determine how this one plays out. So in between the 18 and the 31, we you know we sort of we get in the middle here, and you see how they arrive at this, right? So so look, 24-20 stays under the number, but the Rams cover the number. What's your gut feel tell you about this game, Steve? Because you know it is one of these deals where you always get the feeling with Ram games. It's going to go a couple of ways. The Rams are going to be great. They're seven and two against the spread. Their last nine road games. They're two and zero straight up and ATS on the road. The last two um, playoff road games. Or the wheels completely fall off for them. I don't think I don't think they will. And let me just say, guys, too, you know, the 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 first half of this game is important. The Rams can't afford to fall behind early, obviously. And Sean McVay is now up to 37 and 0. The Rams are 37 and 0 under Sean McVay when leading at the half now, Steve. Yeah, that's an awesome stat. In fact, you're the one that pointed that out a few months ago when we were doing a show or a month ago here on the air, and I had not heard that actually. So I love that stat, and it continues to cash. Um, I'll tell you what I say with Goff, though, is you got to really worry if you're a Rams fan with Goff here at the quarterback. They don't start him last week. So either he's not right or they just don't think he can play. They put an untested youngster in there. He gets knocked out, basically. So Goff ends up playing. You know, So I'm like, well, why wasn't Goff playing in the first place? So Something's just not right there, yes. and um, that, that would be another concern with the over. You know, maybe the Packer team totals over the safer play, but then again, you got a really good Ram defense. So I, I, could, see the, I could see both sides of this matchup. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, you mentioned earlier, Gabe, about turnovers. 
it is hard to imagine that golf outplays Rogers in this game on the road in cold weather. So uh, I think that's the one thing is he just, it's hard for me to see him outplaying Rogers. So if the Rams are going to win this one, they're going to have to do with their defense. So I think maybe LA and the under is somewhat correlated green Bay and the over, you know, somewhat correlated as well. And, and with metal pins in his thumb too, hopefully it's not too cold <laughs> because listen, his throwing thumb so- too. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. There's been so much talk about Jared Goff and the Rams and how they can't play in cold weather. The fact of the matter is they've only played two cold weather games. And they played twice. They got they lost 15-6 to the Bears once in a meaningless game to them, and they beat the Denver Broncos in cold weather once, 23-20. So there's a it's a two-game sample size. So we get into the Buffalo, um, the Buffalo game here, Steve, and this is quite the matchup. I mean, both these teams are smoking hot. You look at Baltimore. Baltimore been on the run. What is it up to now? Six and zero, oh? uh, six six in a row, um, straight up and ATS. And uh, Buffalo had covered eight weeks in a row before not covering last week with fans in attendance. I might add, Steve, <laughs> with fans, yeah. they get fans back. They didn't cover. All right, I just want to throw that out there. Covered every other game before that at home, except the KC game, but they didn't cover that one, of course. Um, but so Buffalo. And Baltimore, this is going to be slick, wet conditions, but I don't think it's going to affect the total, guys. I think there's going to be points put up on the board. We'll get Merrill's thoughts on the other side of the Baltimore and Buffalo matchup. The countdown is on. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. It's a lock. Every lock has a key. Steve Merrill knows that. Lucky Steve Merrill. Lucky Steve's best Chinese uh, restaurant in Virginia. Uh, Kicking with us right now. Wager talk. And uh, Sports Memo, Tony Finn will join us a little bit uh, later on uh, as well. Rich Hammond from The Athletic Los Angeles covers the Kings. Also, um, you know, we talk uh, Rams and uh, Packers with him as well. So, Steve, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to these games. And, you know, I actually just, I really do believe the Rams are going to hang around in this game. I don't know if they win the game outright. My gut tells me that the Packers are going to survive, but the Rams are going to cover that it's going to be closer than people that the, the the average, the common fan thinks it's going to be. And I keep coming back to 26-23, 27-24 style football game there. Yeah, one angle that, you know, has worked really well, you talked about stats and trends and stuff. Over decades, the uh, divisional home favorites were money in the bank, about a 70% play. The rested team against a team that had to play the week before 
and then you factor in a team that had to play on the road and pulled an upset like the Rams, Green Bay would be in a really strong historical situation. However, the last five or ten years, that angle hasn't worked as well. There's also been um, you know, more underdog upsets in recent years. And then you factor in this year with the new playoff format, you really can throw all those past histories out the window. So, you know, in years past, this would have been a good setup for Green Bay, uh, but football has really changed. And now this year with the Super Wild Card weekend, um, you know, you're kind of reluctant to rely on any of that past data. Uh, so we should note uh, the Green Bay Packers, for whatever reason, are 0-4 straight up uh, coming off the last four bye games. Last four bye weeks, uh, they're 0-4. And and they're actually 1-4-1 and against the spread in their last six uh, bye weeks, unlike Andy Reid, who's just completely dominant. Rams 7-2 and against the spread. Uh, last nine is road underdogs, although the Packers are 9-1 and straight up and 7-3 and against the spread in their last 10 home games. And uh, they're also incredibly difficult to beat at home late in the season. But here's an interesting one, too, guys. And people always talk about, oh, the weather, the weather. Uh, Green Bay Packers, over. 9-2 and two to the over, the Green Bay Packers. Their last 11 um, January games, including seven in a row. <laughs> so, you know, don't forget, guys, cold weather teams uh, practice in cold weather, too, right? So it doesn't change uh, very much. Uh, for them, so we get into the Buffalo Bills, and I tell you, Steve, if you, if you look, if you're a trend better, what can you say? I mean, both teams are smoking hot right now. Both teams are coming in in peak condition. We have Dr. David Chow as a regular with us twice a week, and uh, and in fact, the Buffalo Bills are the healthiest team in the NFL according to Dr. Chow's charts. He's got like uh, grades, you know, rankings, grades as far as the healthiest teams. The second healthiest team, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the Bills lost Zach Moss, but both the Ravens and the Bills are in peak condition, and they're both red hot coming into this game, Steve. When you talked about both being on, you know, monster point spread runs, so it, sometimes it really is as simple as just staying healthy, and a lot of that is just luck sometimes. In fact, if you go over the injury every year, some of the worst teams, point spread-wise, also had the most injuries. You know, they also, as I said earlier, had the most turnovers usually as well, so some of that is just random bad luck, and that's another reason to be very careful with numbers and records. But if you go back on, uh, you know, Buffalo had covered, what, eight straight until that last game last week. And keep in mind, last week, as I mentioned here on the show, we talked about it. Uh, that was the most public side on Saturday was the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Uh, I liked the Colts in that game. I thought the line was inflated. I said right here on the show a week ago last Friday, if you remembered, I said I could see the Bills winning by three or four points, winning and not covering. It's exactly how it played out. Uh, this week, it's a total different situation. Now they're laying just two and a half. It's actually maybe could be a cheap number, and that's because Baltimore has actually covered seven straight. They've only won six in a row, like you said, but keep in mind they covered that COVID makeup game against Pittsburgh before that 19-14 that yep, yep, loss. Yep. So they've actually covered <laughs> seven straight, and that and that six-game win streak goes back to when they got healthy. So, yeah, these, these are two teams right now that Kansas City is probably a little worried about. I'll tell you what, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, it's a good point. That game they didn't win, they covered a point spread. So they covered seven straight. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are 16-4-2 against the spread, man. Their last 22 road games. They're 16-5 against the spread. Their last 21 games against AFC conference opponents. They're 9-3 against the spread. The last 12 games played in the month of January. Now you get into the Buffalo Bills, 8-1 against the spread in their last nine games with the exception of last week's game against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and, you know, we talked about it last week, guys. The Buffalo Bills were 13-0 um, straight up when laying seven or more points. And 
here's another impressive number as far as just your buddy, our, our boy, Sean McDermott, Steve. The Tribe. Uh, the Bills, 19-2 yep. and two straight up, last 21 games as a favorite. They beat team when when they're supposed to win, they win. That's a pretty impressive trait. Like, good teams do that, Steve. Right? Like, if you want to be a good team, you need to win the games you're supposed to win. And the Buffalo Bills do that. So, 19-2 and two, 19 and two straight up, guys, when listed as a favorite their last 21 uh, games. Pretty impressive number there. Yeah, I think McDermott's a really good coach. And um, I think Frank Reich is, too. You know, so I said last week, I thought both the Colts and Bills were very dangerous teams in the playoffs. So, I'll tell you what, if Buffalo makes the Super Bowl, they're going to earn it because they played the Colts, the Ravens, and most likely Kansas City to get there. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And Buffalo's good enough to do it. I mean, they're playing as well as anybody. Uh, you just wonder, can Allen keep playing at this level week after week? He's so young and you know somewhat inexperienced still. It's a great point that you raised, Steve. If McDermott pulled it off, for, you know, we can call Frank Reich a Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, look what happened with the Eagles without him there, right? So Frank Reich wins the Super Bowl, offensive coordinator and uh, QB guru with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Harbaugh's won a Super Bowl. And Andy Reid's won a Super Bowl. Can you imagine you beat three dudes with Super Bowl rings to get to the Super Bowl, Steve? It's not easy to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. I wonder if that's ever happened. And, you know, you, you probably likely point. have to beat one in the NFC, because, I mean, Sean Payton very likely could get there. Um, you know, and it, we're looking, you know, at, at the Packers maybe. I mean, you're gonna, if that, you're going to have to beat a Super Bowl quarterback. Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, yeah, it's almost yeah. a certainty in the NFC. It's crazy. I, you know, and I love, you know, you love the word dichotomy. Uh, we, I brought it up earlier, Steve. So combined age between Tom Brady and Drew Brees, 85 years old. The oldest <laughs> quarterback in the AFC. And for the record, that is the oldest matchup ever. It's the oldest playoff matchup ever in the history of the National Football League between two quarterbacks. 85 years old combined age. Yet, how about this? In the AFC, Steve, Baker Mayfield is the oldest one. <laughs> yeah. I Baker saw that. Mayfield. I, I was going to bring that up. I didn't know you knew that, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I saw that early. He's the oldest of the four, which is just crazy. How about that? Yeah. And he's 25. He's 25. <laughs> He beat Lamar. Lamar he's actually, just he's turned older, I think Mahomes is 25 also, right? But he's more yes. days older, I guess, technicality. Yeah, yeah, I think Baker beats him by four days. Yeah, exactly. Baker beats him by like four days. It was Lamar's 24th birthday like last week or just a couple of days ago, ironically enough, um, when when that this popped up. And Josh Allen's 24 as well. So think about that. The two quarterbacks, guys, Brady and Breeze, 85 years these guys have been um, alive. You take all four quarterbacks in the AFC and we still don't get to 100. <laughs> we get to like 98. <laughs> that's like, that's insane, man. It goes, the, the youth in the AFC, I suppose, and Aaron Rodgers isn't very young either, right? You know, it's not like Rodgers is a young guy. So it really is the veterans versus the youth uh, here. So, all right, Steve, so what's your gut feel tell you about this one with the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills when it's all said and done? I think it's going to be a dogfight. You know, you look at the side here. Uh, last week, as I mentioned, uh, the public is very heavy on Buffalo. It's interesting this week, Gabe. Uh, they have very little opinion on this one. I'm seeing a slight lean towards the Bills at minus two and a half, uh, slight public lean. Where I am seeing the public, though, is on the over. You know, so here again, it'll be interesting to see what the weather does uh, because this does look like a public uh, lean on the over in this one. Uh, you wonder, you know, if the weather reports tomorrow in the pregame and everything, that will scare them off. But otherwise, 
Uh, the public's looking for some points here, and I don't disagree. I mean, I, I can see this game being a shootout. Uh, these are two really good offensive teams, and hard not to play Buffalo games over. You know, I mean, that offense has been just on fire, like you said. Yeah, they're scoring 31 points a game, and it's not like Baltimore can't score either. Both guys, Baltimore have been scoring over. Um, Baltimore have been scoring over 37 points. They were going into the playoff game. In the last six games, they were averaging 37 points a game post COVID Lamar. So that's the best way to put it. Since Lamar came back after the COVID, um, they were putting up 37 a game. And guys, look, Buffalo scored 31.1 points per game. Baltimore put up 28.7. 28.7. I get it. It's a playoff game. I get it. It's going to be a little windy. But really, you think that both offenses, you don't think Josh Allen, this is going to be a show. This is going to be like so entertaining, uh, this game. Um, it's going to be stressful as a Bills fan, but it's going to be entertaining. Steve Merrill, Wager Talk, kicking it with us. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sports Rage Late Night Series XM 204, the mightier 1090, SoCal stepping up and in. So, Steve, how about this, guys, for a, a, a stat here? Uh, as far as for a trend, as far as the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned. The Browns have lost 16 straight games when listed as double-digit uh, uh, double digit uh, road dogs, uh, scoring 20 points just twice in those 16 games. Browns 3-12 and 12 against the spread in their last 15 conference games. Now, they stepped up last week. They caught uh, Pittsburgh at the right time. Uh, and Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh fell apart. So we're getting it. We're getting double digits here, though, Steve. What do you make of this one? And I'll just quickly throw my angle at you: that the Kansas City Chiefs haven't really tried in a football game since they played the New Orleans Saints a month ago. All right, they haven't won a game by more than six points since November the first when they beat the Jets. Now, I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns in the first quarter, Steve. Cleveland Browns plus three. I can see the Browns scoring an early touchdown and people thinking, ooh, the Browns are going to hang around here. Ooh, the Browns are in this. And then KC sort of flicks the switch as the game goes on, mid-second quarter uh, type of deal. I'm not so sure KC come out and are just on fire early. What's your take on this game? Yeah, I mean, depending on which line you use in that Saints game, it's the only time the Chiefs have covered the past two months. Um, that line was yeah, three yeah. during the week. It closed at like two, but I'm, I counted it as a push, actually. In fact, I remember that game because it's the only push on my public plays video over the last couple of months because the public was heavy on the Chiefs in that one. I counted it as a push. Um, some people could have gotten away with the Chiefs late, but Kansas City, I think, made that video six out of the eight final weeks uh, until the actually the last week they sat there, guys. So like five of the seven before that they made it. And uh, they didn't cover any of those, but they won every one of them straight up. I see them winning this game again. The question becomes, do they win by more than 10? It's a big number. Um, but, boys, it's a tough spot for Cleveland. And it's interesting, Gabe, uh, Pittsburgh, the most public play of the week last week. Cleveland's the least favored team. They went outright. Now, all of a sudden, they're the most public dog this week. The public likes them all of a sudden. That's always a red flag for me. Uh, you know what's interesting, though, um, you know, here? So, Kansas City, guys, they're ranked six points per game, 29.6 points per game. Uh, Steve, Cleveland are ranked 12th, scoring 26.8 points per game. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, the Cleveland, um, you know, Cleveland come in here getting double-digit points, and I get it. KC, have KC been rope-a-doping people? But let's be real. We go back We go back to last year in the playoffs, Steve. They were down double digits in every playoff game, right? Like, they have a knack yeah. for spotting teams' leads. So, I'm just saying, for all of KC's greatness – they're not, they haven't been covering, they're not blowing people out. 
They haven't tried in a football game since that day. They didn't, you know, against the Falcons, they didn't care that day. They were sloppy. The next week was against the Chargers. They they rested everybody. Last week they had a bye week. All right. So they haven't tried in a full month. Mullen Merrill on the other side, level one flying by. Bring it. Coming to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Late night anger management class into the three-minute warning level one. Man, this show just flown by uh, so far. Uh, we got Steve Merrill for a couple of more minutes. One of his colleagues, Tony Finn, uh, will join us. Mr. KC uh, in the house. Uh, so, Steve, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have broken down the stats all week as well uh, about uh, beating the um, beating the same team three times in a season, and the cliche is thrown out the window. And I can't wait to start talking college basketball with you as well moving forward. But we see that all the time, man. The same team wins uh, for the third time all the time in college basketball, it seems, uh, as well in these conference tournaments, etc. But 12 and five guys straight up. Last uh, 17 times. So the team at home is 12 and 5 uh, playing at home if they won the first two games. The Bucks are playing their best football of the year right now. And people are down on New Orleans, but New Orleans have still been crushing teams, even though they haven't been playing great. What's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, that's. We talked about it earlier in the week. You get that a lot in March with the uh, conference tournaments and college hoops when a team wins the two regular season games. They play them a third time. They're like, it's so hard to beat someone three times. More times than not, it happens. And it makes sense because if you're good enough to beat them twice, you're probably the better team. So um, obviously both these teams will be focused. It's win or go home for the year. Um, so I don't think the revenge means too much. What I do read into the first game is that Tampa had no preseason. They'd never played together with Brady and company. So that first game was a struggle for Tampa Bay. Uh, the second game was a night game. Brady didn't play that well. It was past his bedtime. You know, we joke about it. At 830 Eastern bedtime, that'll be what, maybe third quarter this, this game? game it's time. a little bit earlier this week. 0-8 oh, after last week's failure time. against the Skins, though. That's right. Yeah, and Steve, you agree. It counts as prime time. 640, it's prime time. The game's going to be going on until like 10 at night. It's a prime time game. The one knock to that, though, granted, he might not have been going to bed three, four years ago at 830, but remember, he had that terrible start against Atlanta, and he played great in the second half, but maybe his bedtime was uh, later four years ago. That stupid Super Bowl. Actually, I did hit in between one and six, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I did hit between one and six points. Uh, Steve Merrill, Wager Talk. Follow him on Twitter, at Steve Merrill, Wager Talk TV, Sports Memo. Thanks for the time, Steve. Thanks, kid. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. 